0: This is the GPL podcast from gopherpucklive.com. This podcast is sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now let's start the show with your hosts, Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast episode number one hundred and ninety nine. Almost to two hundred vegs. We're almost there. We are getting there. The season is well underway now. It, It is. It is. And now making his tenth appearance on the GPL podcast. Now taking the lead over our good friend Frank Mazzacco is Mr. Todd Molesky. And there he is. Todd, how you doing, man? You are now
1: number one. I'm feeling much better now that I know that I'm back above my buddy, Frank Bizzacco, <laughs> which is probably not at all deserved from somebody who, who you know lives on this side of the border. But Well, you know, once we started
0: doing all this and we got you on the podcast, it only made sense to have you on every time we played the Badgers. So you
1: caught up real quick. I, I guess I did, yeah. And uh, no, and you guys know I always appreciate you having me on. And,
0: well, we love having much, me on. Lo-
1: much love coming from this side. So,
0: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. All I see is you know, better dead than red in the chat, and <laughs> all the good stuff from our our viewers right now. So, oh well, it's just that's what that's what the border battle's about.
1: That's it's right. About, it's about hate. People care. I mean, and and we'll take all of that we can get right now around Big Ten hockey, right? Well, well, let
0: me let me tell you, Todd. I I, I would say that uh, I think the rest of the ten Big Ten appreciates the Badgers going in uh, to Yost last weekend and getting a split. I mean, Michigan's not going to run away with it now,
1: <laughs> right? And it didn't look especially promising for that after Thursday night mm-hmm. when I mean the Badgers can't score again. Uh, they're stuck on after that night ten goals at, through seven games, uh, and it's uh, but but they, I mean they they did exactly what they had to do on Friday and 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 put the pressure on and and get a lead and that's you know that's gonna be their have to be their formula last year was you know just throw Caulfield and Holloway and Weisbach and the power play out there whenever you can and and get a couple goals off of that and. I would see a lot different this year. Well, Caulfield gets, just got sent down. Maybe he can just come right back
0: to the Badgers. I mean, you <laughs> take him. He's got eligibility.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, those minor – everything's changed now, right? The, the whole, you know, you've signed, you've played pro. All these rules are changing. So, hey, yeah. Just, just. It's
2: basically like an NIL deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, y- you beat the vaunted, you know, Wolverines. You guys had a good, you guys, you know, like you I, said, you didn't play that well that first night. Um, I our, didn't beat
1: anyone I was sitting Well, there.
0: you know what I mean. I'm just, you know, just, uh, Mr. Moe came in. He did pretty, he kept you, he kept that game close Thursday. After, thir-
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they probably, that could have been six or seven, um, nothing. And yeah, I thought, I thought he played really well. Um, and he has for, for the most part, there was a, a, a one clunker for him where he got pulled um but all in all he he's you know he's kind of like what we've seen i mean he's pretty good he's maybe not great but he's 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 good enough to to keep you in a lot of games he, he kind of reminds me of a few of the badger goalies
2: we've seen in the last couple of years like when they're on yeah. they're playing pretty well but you just don't know what to expect with them consistently from night to night and maybe as mo gets more work he'll start to get more comfortable with his role in, in playing that. But we kind of saw that in Minnesota with him from times. You know, he'd come in after not playing for a while. He'd have kind of a softy get in. And then all of a sudden he'd get sharp after that. And I think that got Bob a little frustrated. He's like. Yeah, but what wasn't know,
0: some of that also too vague? You know, a lot of times he was letting in the first shot.
2: Right. And, and, and that's tough that really on everybody. Bob. Yeah. yep. And so he'd, he'd recover after that. But Bob would always make some sort of comment, which i don't see a lot of coaches do when they go after their goalie who would say, you know, if you're pining so much to get in the game, when you get your chance, you got to take advantage of it. And I have not heard many coaches go after their goalies like that from time to time, but Bob's a little, little fiery this year. So
0: a little, that's what he's bringing. (laughs) He's definitely fiery. Um, on the flip side, Vigs, you know, uh, the Gophers ended up sweeping Notre Dame. It got a little interesting, um, Saturday evening, you know, Gophers take the lead, and all of a sudden, Notre Dame right back ties the game within was it, 29 seconds, something like that. But then uh, Brodzinski comes through in the end and gets that a nice goal just kind of off the inside of the goalie's uh, you know, chest, his arm between his arm. They get the sweep, and they lead the Big Ten, and really, that's the important thing at the end, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think they'll take the two wins as, as points in their pocket and just enjoy that. The coach is looking for more, though. He was probably not very happy after Saturday. I think after Friday, he was a little more pleased. They played a little bit more complete game on Friday. They had kind of a slow start, but their goalie, Jack LaFontaine, had a real strong weekend, especially during the first periods of both games. Gave his team a chance to find their legs, made saves when he had to. And then the the team's produced enough offense. I think Minnesota right now has enough skill in their lineup where – You know, they're going to score three-plus goals most nights they're on, you know, competition. So that's what you're expecting out of them. No Brodzinski, I don't know if he's like a full 60-minute type player right now, but he's a guy who can shoot the puck and find the net. And that's something that the Gophers need right now. Uh, Bob's very critical of the forwards missing the net, and he called them the worst shooting team on the planet after Saturday's game. That's a little frustrated after a sweep.
1: Has he watched the team that I cover?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do that until Wednesday, Todd. Yeah, so, I know. Okay. You know, he he waits to, to give any scouting reports until it's too late to talk to the media. <laughs> but I, I did do a little deep dive on some of the stats, and you know, I looked, you know, in terms of uh, shots that are missing the net, the gophers are fifth in the nation right now in shots that are missing the net. Uh, I think it's like 15 a game. That's and, pretty uh,
0: consistent with the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. The, you
2: know, they're just trying to find it. And and the percentage is about the same. They're about fifth in percentage too. They're missing about 20, 25% of the shots that they're taking. They're just missing the net. And so that's a lot of possession that Minnesota is just giving away. And I know that they're working on it in practice. You know, they are working on avoiding shot blockers. They're working on putting pucks on net. You know that's a big message from the coaching staff. So we'll see if they respond.
0: And, and what did the Badgers do to finally get some offense going uh, on uh, Friday, Todd? I mean, boy, when they got shut out Thursday, I'm like,
1: oh boy, it's not good. Yeah, they had, on Thursday they really only had a handful of chances from you know in front of the net, and mm-hmm. and that was different on Friday. They were even if they weren't. Shooting from right there, they had the traffic there and they were, they were making things more difficult on uh, Portillo, um, which I think, you know, anytime you're in a scoring funk, that's what coaches are going to say, right? Go to the net, get some dirty goals, do whatever you have to do. To, uh, you know, don't let the, the goalie see the first shot. So it's it's kind of went on the standard thing. And that's, that's kind of what they have to do. They don't have the, uh, the pure scoring talent that they did last year, obviously. They have some guys who can score, but they've all been a little snake bit early in the season. So I, I think this is one of those things that they're not as bad as a team that threw seven games that scored 10 goals. So maybe you start regressing to the mean, or you know, not regressing, but the other way. Um going up to the mean in that case. You can go um, up or down, Todd. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think they're, we're going to see them start to even out at some point. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, they got a, a really good bounce on one, oh, the first. Goal. Let me go through the goals. The first goal went off the player's tape, of, end of his stick, and rolled in the net, even though it, it, it tried to make a move and it still went in. So, okay second uh Tark Baker went in on a four check and uh the Michigan player had had fallen at the top of the crease and tried to clear the puck, hit Baker in the stomach and fell at his stick and he tapped it in um and the third one I'm blanking oh it's a just kind of a scramble uh it comes hard off the backboards back out and gets tapped out to max Johnson and he he knocks it in
0: but what I uh, like about that Todd is that. Players are there. They are willing to get the garbage goals. That's That's, one thing I think Minnesota has been lacking for a long time, is the willingness to just get the puck on net and get that garbage goal. Yeah, another player that got
2: called out by the coach this last weekend was Sammy Walker. You know, Bonsko said, you know, Walker's a guy that's a culprit of going by the net and looping and circling. On the last goal on Saturday, he stopped in front of the net, faced the shooter, made it difficult on the goalie. You know, there's a lot of players. You know, they don't like to stop. You know, because it's just extra work to get going again. I think for Minnesota to to reach the goals it wants to reach, guys are going to have to play honest hockey, and it starts with the captains on down.
0: Definitely does. Uh, here's Tim H. Any updates on injured players? Kester, Lucius, and Crookshank. Kester is trying
2: to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's skating. Uh, You know, it's an upper body injury, so it's not a leg thing. You know, it's just, you know, maybe they're a little nervous about contact with him and how that's going to be ready. And it's probably going to be a game time decision for him, you know, when the trainer's evaluated on on Friday, whether or not they want to clear him to play or not. Uh, With the other guys, you know, I think it's a little bit longer term thing for them, you know, as they heal up. I don't think it's something where they're going to be ready this weekend, but it's not going to be something that's going to hamper them long term. Either they're mm-hmm. they're kind of
0: minor things, but they're just going to be cautious. Our good friend Jared Klein for you, Todd. What do you think the crowds will be like this weekend? Usually, it's pretty good, but obviously, we know both Minnesota and Wisconsin are not seeing crowds like they saw ten years ago.
1: Right, and and a Minnesota Wisconsin series in February at the Kohl Center always draws well. You're mm-hmm. going to get that thirteen thousand plus on the Saturday game in October in November during football season, it's, it's tougher. Uh, I, there's still probably going to be their best crowds of the season. Um, because that there's not a lot of competition for that in terms of drawing visiting fans for, from other big 10 schools. So, um, I would say you're, you're probably still talking about a 12,000 att- announced attendance on Saturday. Um, you know, in the 10 range on Friday, maybe 9,000, um, how many are actually in the building probably significantly less than that from based on what we've seen uh, in the past and i mean this year and you know two years ago and before that i, I want to say the scan
0: tickets for saturday night against notre dame was 41 4500 the number was told me i just can't quite remember but not good vigs not good
2: yeah, and it's not good. I thought the crowds were really good for Saint Cloud. I thought they were really good for Minnesota Duluth. Not as good for Notre Dame again. Halloween weekend, not always popular with the fan base with all the other commitments they have going on. So that that is definitely a factor. You know, we'll see how the season goes. I think the product on the ice for the Big Ten this year is going to be exciting to see. And I'm looking forward to the games this weekend.
0: Looks like Todd's lost his microphones and speakers. Says. His- his headphones died on him, didn't they? You all sound
1: like robots right now, so I can't uh, oh, no. I have to try and change this here. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, well, you sound normal to us, so
0: that's good. So we're good there. But you can yep, you, you. you guys all sound good to me, too. Yeah.
1: Now I got you. back.
0: Okay, well, you're a little soft now.
1: Oh, man.
0: Well, it's, it's like your video Friday night when you were super soft. <laughs> or was that Thursday or whatever it was?
1: Can't
0: win. No, I can hear you. We can okay. hear you. We just have to be really quiet.
1: Oh, that's okay. all right. <laughs> I feel odd, but the, the rest of the family's sleeping around me here. So, I'm in the rooms around. Me, so I'm...
0: That's the same for Viggs. So he's got kids. Yep, they're, they're in bed tonight.
2: So, that's always good. We've got their vaccination appointments scheduled for next oh, week. Boy. So, things are just looking up around
0: here. Well, that's good. You know, we're going to have to make the trip to Madison sometime, Viggs. But the thing is, do we want to go as fans or do we want to cover?
2: I'm hoping to cover when I when I go on the road. It's always been a lot of fun to, to go on a road trip and cover, going down to Mankato or going up to Duluth. It's always uh, fun to it, find your way around a new building. When I went to Soldier Field, that was quite the adventure, trying to find uh, the Don after the game. You know, you're, <laughs> you're going through places you're not sure you're supposed to go through and it's always a lot of
1: fun. There's plenty of room for you here if you want to show up to the press box.
2: It's been a little packed at Mariucci with these uh, in-state games. There's a lot of people who, who have been interested in seeing what the Gophers have so far this year. I think the expectations here are, are really high for Minnesota's team. I think they, they haven't quite met them yet. I know the forwards have been getting a lot of critique for missing the net, but it's also the defensemen. Who finally showed up against Notre Dame? You know, the first couple of weekends, Bob was joking that their brains were in Dinky Town, and and you could see that in their play too. They were just kind of all over the offensive zone, not being very careful. I think you looked at how they played against Notre Dame. That's the recipe for them having success going forward. I think they got points on five of the seven goals, and it all came from just normal offense, which I think is a good sign for them. They weren't forcing things like they had been in the past
0: looks like we have a pretty good contingent heading over to Madison this weekend. Our boy Jared Klein this is his 23rd year heading to Madison. Taking over the Red Shed Friday before the game. That's what they love to do. I haven't been there since Kessel.
1: Been a while. It has been a while. Oh. Jube,
0: no excuses for you. Well, you know I I want to say I went to Kessel and I think I went the year after. And I think the year after is I think they won that Saturday night and it might have been Frazee kind of egging on the student section at the end of the game. But Well, and here's a great question from John Doherty. Playing across state lines, best Scani player to play for the Gophers? I'll give that one to you, Viggs. And the best, probably Kessel, but best Minnesota to play for the Badgers, Todd? It's mean, called you first Todd. Gophers,
1: it's... All right. Yeah, Who counts castle. as a Minnesotan. Does Mark Johnson count as a Minnesotan? Born He's... in Minneapolis. When, I, he, I feel you... like you
2: have to be born and you have to play your high school hockey. Yeah, okay.
0: In... And he didn't, did he? Because he was already with dad oh, down in Madison. Oh
1: Yeah, he, he moved. I think they were five or six when he moved uh, with his dad, his family. Uh, Bad-
0: Badger Bob was a
1: gopher, though, wasn't he? And a uh, and a uh, North Dakota player, was he not? Didn't he play one year for North Dakota and three for Minnesota? It was it was something like that. It it was weird back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right. It was yeah. who who was counting? I don't think there were any uh, you know there was any oversight best Minnesota to play for the Badgers. I definitely have mine
2: picked best Minnesotan player to play for the Badgers. What's that? Ryan McDonough. Oh he is he is a steady, steady player. Yeah. Made a name for himself with Creighton Durham Hall, Saint Paul kid, did very well for Wisconsin. Has now gone on to a nice pro career,
1: Stanley Cup cred. Hmm. You in in terms of how, how they were in their college careers, you could put Derek Stepan in there too, couldn't you? I think you probably could. I mean, same team, um, but he he had a such a. Presence on that, on as a forward on that group in that
0: 2010 team, yeah, I, it's not a bad pick. I mean, it, going, it definitely goes more one way than the other,
1: yes. <laughs> I, 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 know, but, I mean, going back to, to my era of when I was in school, you had guys like Joe Bianchi and uh, uh, Tim Krug was with him, I know that, yeah, uh, Tom Gilbert, that's a pretty good
0: All those Jefferson player. kids, one yeah. of your boys. Yeah, I I played soccer with Tim Krug as a kid, like third and fourth grade. soccer. Actually, I had him (laughs) on my team a couple times. He was a big kid.
2: Always seemed like there's a little bit of a Hill-Murray pipeline going going east as well.
0: And Burnsville back in the old days, too. Look at your assistant coach. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah,
1: he's and the Strobel's, right? I mean, uh, um, it's quite the pipeline. It is. Starting with
0: Badger Bob himself. Sure. We'll just go with it.
2: (laughs) I I was surprised to see uh, Strobel commit to Minnesota a couple years ago after all that drama. He had the great state tournament. Now he's in the BCHL. That's a little little controversial, though, too,
0: isn't it, Viggs? I I don't know if it's
2: controversial. I think he felt like it was a better fit for him at Minnesota than Wisconsin. Well, I mean, it's controversial controversial that
0: he might not end up here some of the posts I saw this week was, you know, Hey, switching teams. You think he's still going to come? So hard to tell with
2: Bob and recruiting, you know, he's very tight lipped about Mm -hmm. everything around that. And he's got a lot of plates in the air to juggle. You know, you got to figure out one, he wants to get older (laughs) 2 He's got to figure out who's going to come back. There are some players with maybe with some extra eligibility. And of course, now you have the transfer portal to deal with and, you know, I don't think transfer portal is something that Minnesota is going to be heavily involved in, but, you know, Kurt shank you know, he, he was a nice addition. He's going yeah, to miss yeah. this this weekend. I know he had this one circled on his calendar because he was one of those players that as signing day approached, he uh, found out he didn't have the spot that he was expecting. And so I think mm-hmm. he was looking for a little payback in Madison this weekend, but he'll miss it. I.
0: Yeah, we got all these nice rules, extra year of eligibility, transfer. You're not going to get younger that way, Viggs. And the I think you program, just have to be patient. The premier programs aren't going to be able to get younger. You know, the Badgers, the you know BCs, BUs, even North Dakotas. It's going to be tough to get old. I mean, you look at Mankato, North Dakota. I mean, uh, uh, Duluth. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get tough. You, you just right? have
2: to have the right blend. You have, you can't rush guys into roles where they're not ready and you need to have veteran teams to support young players as they come in. You know, I think Brock Besser going to North Dakota was probably a best scenario for him. You know, he was a young player who wasn't going to be relied on to play tight defense. He's going to be able to go out and score goals. And he's a player that can push a team over the top. You know, you want to have guys like that who can just make that jump and are supported. You know, this year, Minnesota, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get five new freshmen into the lineup. And I think you're seeing a little bit of a struggle as those players adjust to the college game because they're not being handed easy roles with veteran players. You know, you've got guys like Huglin and Bros who are trying to, you know, play regular minutes. Huglin trying to play center. You know, Lucius, I think he's a player who's got a lot of talent, but he's just, you know, he's being counted on to provide some scoring and shooting touch. And it's it's difficult, I think, for him to find a fit right now on the mm-hmm. team. And I think he's pressing a little bit. So, you know, these young players, it's not always going to be seamless when they're being
1: counted on for big <laughs> roles. Now, w- when you talk about the, the transfer portal and, and how you kind of can remake a team in, in, you know, in, in patching, maybe holes that you've found you, you, you've developed from, you know, whether it's losing a player earlier than you thought or, or whatever. I, I've, I've been thinking about this, that, you know, the coaches that are good, salesmen, um, you know, in, in recruiting, maybe they're not the same people that are going to be the right salesman for this free agency kind of thing, because that's a different kind of thing. When you're selling a 17 year old on something that's two years away, that's a lot different than when you're selling a 19, 20 year old, something that's right now. And I'm really curious. To see and has already
0: learned the system and how it actually works. Right. Oh right. yeah.
1: Who's going to be good at that as we go, you know, two, three, four, five years into this, that's going to be interesting to me, how that shakes out. What, what coaches are going to be the best at that side of it?
2: Well, I think it was really interesting with Kurchin, because he's talked about how he picked where to go. You know, the draw for him at Minnesota was, you know, just tremendous facilities to, to, Finalize himself as a product for the NHL and tremendous competition and practice. You know, he was looking for that team that was kind of not necessarily looking for a lot of turnover, but looking for someone to just fit in as a piece and be a heavy forward for them. You know, he's obviously, I think also going through some growing pains, figuring out how he fits in, but you know, that was the the message to him and how he was sold on moving programs.
1: But in a lot of ways, if, if, if there's a if you're a team looking for a you know top six left winger or maybe even a bottom six left winger and say you can target someone specifically and say, Look, we have a role for you on this team. You're gonna be this guy next season, as opposed to, you know, we think you're gonna be a valuable forward for us two years down the road, and maybe another year if we want you to stay in the USHL another year. That's those are two different things that I I think. Are going to require different kind of philosophies and from from what the coaches have to do.
0: It's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. For those of you listening live, you know we're putting up your questions. If you have more questions for Todd Vigo or myself? Make sure you uh, just send it on over to us, and, and we'll try to get to it. But uh,
3: first, we need to hear from our sponsor. Hey, Gopher Hockey fans, Jerry Peters here with First Class Mortgage. With Veterans Day just around the corner. I want to take this time to express my gratitude to our military veterans and the families who support them. The VA loan program offers some of the best mortgage terms on the market today. Veterans can purchase homes with zero down payment and no monthly mortgage insurance. If you're a veteran who already has a VA loan, you may be eligible for a streamlined refinance to reduce your interest rate with limited documentation and no appraisal needed. Veterans can also use the equity in their homes to consolidate high interest rate credit cards or to finance home improvement projects. To hear more, call or text me today at 612 940 3291 or send me an email at jerryfirstclasscorp.com. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is 322 842, 480200. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
0: All right, thank you, Jerry, for sponsoring us once again. All right, people with questions start sending them to us got plenty to talk about tonight because it's Badger week. We're heading down to Madison well, we aren't the gophers are heading down to Madison this week um, and for some reason, Todd, they were practicing at Ritter, and you questioned it, and I questioned it uh huh.
1: I, I, I never heard a good, uh, the answer on that. Um, yeah, so they they start practicing at Ritter, two hundred by eighty five, when they're going to play at Cole Center, two hundred by ninety seven, when their normal rink is two hundred by one hundred. I, I didn't. I mean, maybe there is something you're trying to to establish in your game about you know winning small areas, even if it's the rink is bigger, but. The, the corners
0: may be I, mean, I, I
1: do think that Bob sometimes
2: will have these battle practices where that's the emphasis. And so I think that's one reason why they'll go to the smaller rank is because he wants to see them compete in tight spaces. You know obviously they moved back to Marucci Arena this week for for practices later in the week. But I think that's just something that Bob will do from time to time is He's very intentional, I think, about the the theme of a practice, whether it's skating whether it's battling, whether it's special teams, whether it's shooting, whether it's creativity, you know, he'll design a practice where that is the focus and that's what he wants to, to
0: pin down on. Well, we thought it was goofy. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Very goofy. Is Jared the Moe Jared the Moe. Jeez. I can read. Is Jared Moe the answer in net for Bucky? Apparently Brever is looking out his window at his house right now. He's stocking Jared Moe's parents' house. Way to go, Eric. Mm. Is he the answer or is it is it going to think it's going to be pretty much a, a split deal most of the season until somebody kind of comes forward there,
1: Todd. Yeah, that's that's everything they've kind of hinted at is that that's the way it's going to go. It's going to be a lot like they had last season with Cam Rowan and Robbie Baydoun. Um I I you know, if we see one of them you know, go off and, and do a lot better than the other one. Yeah. I don't think there'd be an issue with going with that person. And and that could be Jared Moe. I, I, I just don't know yet. I haven't seen enough from either one of them yet to say, yeah, this is a guy that should be playing back to back every weekend, you know, getting, you know, 90% of the games or anything like that. It's, you know, it's not there yet. So if you've got two guys you like, which they do, why not keep going with it and see who gets hot and you know, if, if that ever actually happens. Well, let me tell you Vigs, you know, uh, Lafontaine was uh, talking to the media Saturday
0: night after the game and just make sure he got that question in um, before he left. Cause he knew we're not going to hear from Laffer all week, but uh, Laffer's excited. He wants to, it's his butt. I mean, they're buds. He wants to see his friend. He wants to meet him at middle life. He wants to, you know, chalk a little trash with them because that's what you know, the friends do. Um, Laffer's definitely looking forward to playing against Mel this weekend.
2: Yeah, I think there's an understanding between the players, you know, how much you just want to play. You know, you want an opportunity to get on the ice. You know, you put in all this time to to get to college hockey. You know, if there's not going to be a net for you, especially with goalies, you know, this transfer portal is a nice deal for him. And I think, you know, Jack is just happy that Jared's getting a chance to play because Jared's a talented goalie. He's he has a future being that tall, big kind of technical goalie where if he gets enough net time and and performs at a level, he'll get a chance somewhere to, to keep playing. And uh, you know, they're looking forward to chirping him as well. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure if there's a soft goal, there will be a lot of gophers around the net reminding him about certain (laughs) little things.
0: Well, what did you think about Laffer this past weekend? It seems like he got his game a little bit better together than he had previously bigs.
2: Yeah, I thought Jack was pretty steady this past weekend. You know, I he was set for shots with that I think is a big thing for Jack. You know, he starts drifting sometimes, you know, moving his head around trying to find the puck or if he's, you know, kind of not ready for the shooter, he's he's maybe guessing a little bit. He gets off and, you know, pucks seem to find holes that way or they they bounce off him. And one thing that was interesting that he said is, you know, when the game is going well, he doesn't like to freeze a lot of pucks. No, he likes to deflect the puck into the corner and keep play going. I thought that was kind of interesting because I've always seen goalies when they're on, it seems like they just swallow everything up. And and he said, that's not really what he's trying to do. So I'm going to have to change how I evaluate Jack during the, the game. Cause I always look for that early, whether or not he seems on and square to the shooter.
0: Here we go. How hot is
1: Granado seat, Todd? Is he think there's any uh, heat there? I think it's pretty cool right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, winning a Big Ten championship last year obviously helps that. Yes. Getting the Atlanta tournament helps that because, the, you know, the three years before that weren't good. Uh, and especially the year before, the 1920 season, when they had, you know, Caulfield and Turcotte and Holloway and Miller and, and, and these guys that all were first-round faced at the same time. And it, it just didn't work. After that season didn't go well. Then I think it was it was getting warm, um, but he has a five year contract uh, that keeps getting extended every year because that's the way that Wisconsin does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at six hundred K per, that would be a pretty big buyout. Um, not saying that they couldn't do it, but mm-hmm. these are not the Times in athletic departments where you're, you know, Mm-mm. finding a couple million dollars under the couch cushions. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, yeah, the start of the season has been great. Um, has, you know, maybe hasn't been good. Um, but I don't know that it's changed anyone's administration the way anyone sees him as a coach here. Here's a long
0: one for you, Viggs. Imagery of empty seats at Mariucci is being talked about almost every weekend. Any options for getting more students in the building to fill empty seats on low attendance weekends? Um, Last weekend, Halloween weekend, kids are just going to be out partying. Um, We already know that they've oversold the student section. So I'm guessing a lot of those students are kind of spilling out into the other seats. But it's not like they could just say, hey, we need 4000 students to show up because you just can't plan for that they are trying to do
2: all they can to get 2000 students there you know if they think it's going to take them 2500 seats sold to get 2000 students that's what they're going to do if they think they need to sell 3000 student tickets to get 2000 students there that's what they're going to do you know i think that's been a real focus for the the ticket office is to just try to get tickets in student hands because when they're there like they were for Duluth and St. Cloud, the building just has a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a lot of where their focus is now. For the rest of the building, the other eight thousand seats, you know, they've sold about four thousand season tickets. So that means that they have about four thousand seats that they're going to be trying to move, you know, every night, and that's going to be a big challenge, especially for a program right now that is very focused on filling Huntington Bank Stadium. You know, if there's anything that's going to make a a dent in the budget, it's going to be selling out the football stadium, especially for a team that just went undefeated in October and has a big month coming up here with home games against Illinois and then again against Wisconsin. You know, that's where the athletic department is going to be really focused. You know, the other part is trying to sell as many basketball tickets as they can because who knows what's going to happen with that program this year. Mm -hmm. When you look at Minnesota, they just don't have the staffing to really attack the hockey problem,
0: and and the and staffing it is it has been be cut. I mean, they, I mean, well, I shouldn't say cut. A lot of people have left, and <laughs> which is kind of typical in the corporate world these days. Viggs. positions aren't being filled. People are being told right. you need to handle more and more and more, and just similar in the corporate world, that's very difficult to cover all your bases. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, if I was, if it was my full-time job to,
2: to do ticketing for Ameriuchi, I would try to reach out to every youth hockey association in the state and try to sell them, you know, packages of 100, 200 seats and just discount the heck out of them just to get young hockey players in the building and interested in college hockey. But they, they don't even really have the staff to do that. I know that they have sent out emails to youth hockey associations trying to do group sales, but it's not a big discount for them they're just trying to sell group sales as usual you know they're gonna have to get aggressive here at some point because the the product on the ice is pretty good i mean a lot of people like to pick at ticket prices but you know 25 bucks for minnesota hockey isn't that bad of a deal you know so that's that's what you're looking at
1: but it's it's always what you compare it to though right if you got in for twelve bucks back in the day and that's what you have in your head, it's like why would I pay more than that without thinking everything else that has escalated in those that twenty years or whatever it's been since that um that that doesn't help it's just the the people's mindset in terms of what the right value is or what the right amount is for for what they're getting to see
2: yeah it's always tricky I think with with ticket sales because. You know, for the University of Minnesota, you know, their mission is way different than the Minnesota Wild. You know, yeah. when you're spending $200 for a lower-level Wild ticket to see them play the Blackhawks, you know, that money is going in the players' pockets. It's going in the owners' pockets. You know, you pay 25 bucks to come see the Gophers play, you know, Notre Dame. That money is paying for student-athlete yeah. stuff. You know, it's different.
0: So it's number one team in the country. You know,
1: you went to St. Cloud a couple of weeks ago. How was the crowd there, Todd? I mean, it was it was noisy. I give them that, but yeah, there was you know it, you got those corners and there was no one there. Um, but I mean, that's that's kind of what I remember too. From I mean, the last time I was there, you know, admittedly mm-hmm. was like two thousand nine or two thousand eight, something like that. Um, but I think you know when North Dakota's there, when Minnesota is there, they fill it up. The other games, it's you know two thirds full maybe, mm-hmm. um, and. That's that's how how they roll there. That's 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 what the interest level is, I guess. Doesn't matter if they're number one or not. You know, <laughs> they maybe get a little boost from that, but um, you just have fans of the team that are that are mm-hmm.
0: good. Uh, Vigo just reminded me we had a question earlier today um, about uh, Mister Hughland. How has his game been so far? He's not on the score sheet, Vigs, but uh, I think. Uh, Motsko still kind of liked how he's kind of embraced his role.
2: Yeah, I think they're looking at him as more of a battle player than a point scorer at this point. You know, Bob has been fond of pointing out other sophomores and juniors and other teams who are scoring against Minnesota as, you know, their freshman year, you know, they probably had, you know, five, six points, didn't score until late in the year. You know, it takes time for these players to, to develop. And what he's looking for out of Huglin right now is just somebody who can go in and compete and be hard to play against. And I think he's bringing that, you know, I don't think he's one of the players who's making mistakes with the pucks. I think he's playing honest hockey and I think he's giving them the right effort right now. And they need him with all those injuries in their lineup. They need players like him to do that. They definitely do.
0: So what about this weekend Viggs, Minnesota heading in to Madison to play uh, a weekend series, both games on uh, Bally Sports Plus, Bally Sports North Plus, if I can get it right. Jeez. Um, so the games are on TV, 7 o'clock Friday, 8 o'clock Saturday. What do the Gophers need to do to be successful this weekend, Viggs? Well, I'll be interested to see if they put pucks on net.
2: You know, that's been an emphasis all week from the coaching staff. And, and last weekend was stop putting the pucks into shin pads. That was the first couple weekends. And now it's don't start shooting over the net. You know, mm-hmm. Jared Moe, big, tall goalie. Bob's been really critical about players shooting up high on big goalies. You're just making it easy for them, putting it right in their gloves where they can catch it and freeze it. You got to make big goalies get down in their butterfly and protect the bob of the net and deal with traffic. You know That's always the key for, for that kind of goalie. So that's what I'll be looking for out of the Minnesota forwards. For the defense, I'm looking to see – Can they carry over their game from Notre Dame where they're real patient and played within themselves to a game like Wisconsin? You know, sometimes these games between Minnesota and Wisconsin lately have gotten real, you know, fire wagon hockey. I think both teams like to get into it and get up and down the ice. Is that going to happen this weekend or not? Because I think when Wisconsin had that veteran team last year, they were much more disciplined, but that's really the only Granado team I've seen maybe the last what eight years? How long he's been there? That was disciplined like that. Usually, it's fire away hockey with Wisconsin, so it can be entertaining, but probably frustrates the
0: heck out of the coaches. Okay, on the flip side, Todd, what does what do the Badgers need to do to be successful this weekend?
1: Well, on the offensive side, they need to you know come back with what they did against Michigan the second night. In in that they were getting pucks in that and having the traffic in front of that, but also that they were they were creating a lot of those plays out of their forecheck. They were a lot more aggressive Friday than they were Thursday and fast and, and getting at guys and making those Michigan defensemen who, you know, there's a lot of talent there, obviously, and just like there is with Minnesota defense, making them make quick passes that they might not be fully confident in and seeing where that goes. Can you make a turnover off of that? that it could be a bad pass that ends up in the neutral zone and you're able to do something with it um on on the back end they they need to watch out for those quick counters by minnesota i think that's something that's always given them trouble and in, in, not just against minnesota but against penn state um i remember ohio state doing this a couple of years ago when they had Lazinski and, and those guys just the way that when the puck turned over in the neutral zone, they were on their heels, the Badgers, as as a defensive unit. And they can't allow that to happen because we've seen a lot of odd man rushes turn into goals when Badgers and Gophers play at the Kohl Center. I just have that in my head. What the, <laughs> was it, nine to two or whatever, uh, you know, five, six years ago? just seemed like there was a, a, two, a two-on-one rush every, like, four minutes in that game. Um, Race horse hockey. Yeah. And... and um, you know, when that's always coming at you and you're not able to do much going the other way, uh, that's a tough way to play. And so they they want to avoid that as much as they can.
0: All right, Vegs. Watch your prediction for this weekend.
2: <laughs> I mean oh, he's I, struggling, I, folks.
0: He's struggling.
2: <laughs> I think it's gonna be another sweep for Minnesota. Ooh. I'm a little nervous about how they're going to play after the coaching they're getting like they this team i don't know if they've found kind of their rhythm yet in terms of like leadership and attitude but the talent is definitely there and it's almost to the point where if they don't beat themselves right now it's going to take a good team to take it to them that's that's the risk right now with minnesota when they've given up goals it's not necessarily because they're getting outplayed even against St. Cloud and, you know, most of that Duluth series, when they were getting goals against, it was because they were making their own mistakes. They are taking bad penalties. They are turning the puck over. Didn't see a whole lot of that against Notre Dame. I thought they played within themselves a little bit better. But that's kind of what I see coming up this weekend is smart hockey, staying out of the box, putting bucks on net, sweeping.
0: Bold. Very bold.
1: All right, Todd. What do you think? I think if the Gophers win Friday, they'll win Saturday. Oh. Um, but I'm not ready to necessarily call it that way yet. I, <laughs> I think I think that the Friday game is going to be a. I I just have this this feeling in my head that it's going to be six five one way or another. Uh, and but I, I have no reason for saying that. Oh, I
0: would love that though. That's old time hockey right there.
1: Let's get some scoring going on. Wisconsin hasn't scored <laughs> hasn't true. true, they're either going to be either on the five side or the six side of that. And and yeah, I, I just I don't know why I have that feeling based on these games that I've the eight games that I've seen so far. Um, but. This is one of those weekends where it's, you know, you get emotions going a little bit more than they have been for, you know, even playing against Michigan and obviously St. Cloud and army and Michigan tech. It, it's going to be a little bit more from Wisconsin side and, and, you know, maybe to an extent from a Michigan side or from Minnesota side with the mole thing. Um, there's going to be some heads that may not be in the right space. Let's put it that way. Um, so I, I'm going to call for a split, I guess. I'm going to say the Badgers mm. get the first one and, and the Gophers get the second
2: one. I just have a good feeling, though, that we're going <laughs> to see shot totals like in the 40s for the Gophers wow. and the 20s for the Badgers. Hmm. And I just don't think that's a recipe for Bucky's success. No. Trevor
0: doesn't think five goals against Laffey will happen. but Not know.
2: on 20 shots either, because I don't think Wisconsin is going to be able to generate the kind of offense unless Minnesota starts taking a bunch of bad penalties, which could happen. Minnesota, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to be drawing many penalties and seems to be taking too many.
1: Yeah, but the Badgers are also one for 25, 26, <laughs> 6, 25, something One like that. for something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not Someone not, tells not, me you're writing about that this week, Todd. I'm not, actually. <laughs> well, it might end up in something, but I've written about it a lot, and I just – lost count in the last couple of huh. years. It was one for 20 going in the last You week. were spoiled the last couple of years. Well, last year. I was, Definitely know, last Jared year. That was, uh, you know, otherworldly at, at some points of the season. Uh, you, that that the series up at, at Mariucci was one of them that uh, they seemed like they could throw out any you know, hit those five guys and do anything with it. So what are you working on for this week then, Todd? I have a Jared Moe story uh, coming up. Hmm. Uh, talk to him and his dad and uh have some some stuff from last season from jack lafontaine who is pretty defensive of of and you know not exactly thrilled with gopher fans
2: do, do you have jack on record going after jupe <laughs> <laughs> i think that should be in the story not by name but mm. <laughs> you can put
1: in the
0: parentheses when i call them trader mo of
1: <laughs> must know who he is referring to yes um but yeah, that's I asked uh, Jared, you know, whether he thought there was anything that was, you know, over the top that was too much, and he said no. It's you know, I expected, uh, you know, some heat from it, and you know, he, I don't think he read everything, obviously, um, that that was out there, uh, but and it was just a tweet for me, just a tweet, right. And and you know, you're gonna stir something up when when you make a move like that and i think he knew that i hope he knew that because if he didn't that's um that that's a bad misread of of the rivalry and the situation but um i, I think he's in a good place I you know mean, i'm lot- guessing his close
0: friends are probably fine with it but i'm guessing some of his other teammates figs, probably not happy went to, across the river
2: oh yeah I I think Jack is okay with him going across the river but I think there's some other players who are very very excited to score on him
1: <laughs>
2: very very much so they there could be some skates in the, near the crease and and things like that after the whistle you know it'll be it'll be a fun sideshow to watch during this weekend
0: I think I am looking forward to it I hope they I hope it's Friday night mo and Laffer. just let's just get right to it don't that not. Not this Saturday. Let's start the series this way. Let's get some bad blood going. We need some we need some good bad blood in this series. Moe is scheduled for Friday. There it is right there.
2: Must see TV then. Right? It's
0: gonna be. I'm looking I'm looking, I'm jacked for it. Do
2: you do you think there's any chance if he played well, he'd get two nights against Minnesota, Todd?
0: Ooh. Because
2: I feel like Granado did that a couple times the last couple years where he's yeah. had a goalie where he's gotten into this stretch of alternating and then one of them will play well on Friday and he'll give him another chance yeah. on Saturday. And that kind of backfired a couple times.
1: Yes. And I, I don't my my initial reaction is no, that I think he's pretty committed and he wants to make sure Camro gets time too. Uh because he, he thinks he's gonna need both of them through Mm -hmm. the season he doesn't want to lose someone mentally this early Uh, not to say that that's you know necessarily what would happen if you know you don't play in a weekend but I think that's what's been presented as this is the way we're doing it if you change that that it could get looked at the wrong way by by whoever doesn't get that opportunity right
2: you know, unless you're just Myers, you're not always looking to stir up goalie controversies, so. <laughs>
0: Are you crazy?
2: I think it'll be Jack both nights for Minnesota. Uh, Boynton's got an illness that he's picked up now that he's come back from his, his nasal surgery. Deviated so, septum. Yep. And uh, Bob was very quick to say, it's not COVID. So, we'll
0: see. We will see.
1: Well, thanks for coming on with us again, there, Todd. We always appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm thrilled that you would uh, think of me again in, in these situations. We always think of you, man. We might even have to sneak you on next week for a 200 show.
0: Big 200, oh, yeah. Oh, big 200. Doing this 11 years, Vigs. Amazing, Ooh. amazing. I'm surprised. Yeah. So appreciate you, Todd. Yeah, we definitely do. Thank you, guys. Appreciate You're a solid <laughs> guest, and you know. Yeah, you might be for the other team that we don't like, but that's the best part about it. If he covers the other team, he does I not actually. Not up not, no, 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 no. I right. bet you. And he was young. He was going to Badger games as a fan.
2: This isn't like Jeff Myers either, where he's putting on yeah. the Bulldog and you
1: know. <laughs> well, that's a little different. i always Jess. been a journalist. I'm not journalist. going to deny that. I mean, I was when I was a kid. Yeah, but um, I, if you and, and the thing I'm is not a kid anymore. <laughs> a kid anymore.
0: <laughs> but the thing is, as a kid, you turned it into a career and, and that's, and you know what? And that's, and that's just like the greatest thing ever. I mean, obviously you're covering other sports. is really <laughs> awesome too, but you're a fan. You, you, that was your team. And now you're covering that team. And then obviously it changes you emotionally when you cover the team,
1: It always kind of changes you, but you're still doing that. Yeah. I've, I've had to give up a lot of fandom in, in this career. I mean, one of them I can see over my shoulder. I still root for the Brewers. That's my, I mean, that was my team as a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. that like I was part of the Brewer fan club from age two, you know, so it's, it's, that's something I, I haven't had to give up. You're not um, going to cover the Brewers as your beat? That's no, I mean,
0: that would be his dream job no, right there.
1: No, no, you can't I, do it. You, you no, couldn't do it. I, Just... I, I had to for a while. And so I had to shelve a lot of that. And it, that was tough. Um, but you're right. I, I, I am, I, feel like so often how lucky I am to mm-hmm. be doing this as a job. I mean, it, it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that someone pays me to cover college hockey. And that's, uh, <laughs> I, I try not to forget that. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I had some, some years there where, you know, I was covering the team for a long time. Then I got taken off of it and that, that hurt. <laughs> you know, because you've had your dream job and you have it taken away from you. That's yeah. that's that's rough. But uh I got incredibly lucky again and uh the State Journal brought me on the to, to cover the badgers. And, well, it's so.
0: always great coverage and you know we follow you. I I, I stalk you when you're doing your Facebook live. Um <laughs> I do
1: appreciate the comments you throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> throw a few chirps, I know we can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i was ripping on my own team i'm like he's talking about how bad the badgers were that night and i'm kind of like well at least you're not we're one against and the 12 Loodle. and one yeah. against the dogs i'm like so i appreciate you throwing it on there it's always just fun just just watching you and so it's, it's great great content you've got over there so as always we really appreciate you coming on
1: thank so. you guys
0: well, Viggs, what have you been working on recently? I know you're thinking about a little Caldeet stuff. Is that you still kind of?
2: Still, still pending, You, You know, life is getting in the way. I'm oh. just trying to tread water and keep my kids in school. And uh, I had a little uh, illness to deal with today with uh, my oh, daughter, but she's fine. It's not well, COVID. You know, me and Bob that's are good. both aligned there. So we're
1: just <laughs> trying to keep things
2: humming. And, uh, you know, I try to tweet out stuff from the press conferences that I'm able to attend before mm-hmm. and after the games and, you know, I hope people are enjoying that so far. I bet you they do. So
0: well, that's gonna do it for this episode of the GPL Podcast. Obviously, we're gonna thank Todd for coming on with us. Always great to have him on. Our show next week will be number 200. So we're looking forward to that. We got Paul Kapany scheduled to come on, preview a little of the Ohio State series and uh got a couple of guests scheduled to come on as well. I'm not gonna let you know who it is, it's gonna be a little surprise. For those of you currently watching live, stay tuned for some overtime. For the rest of you, we'll catch you next week on the GPL Podcast.